What's good, sports fans? And if you hear that band playing, you know it's time to talk a little bit more high school football here on San Diego Prep Insider. My name is Christian Pedersen, your host in studio all summer long, keeping you company. Hopefully you're up to something fun. Well, we're here working, working, working. It's not that bad, actually, working, covering some high school football. It's what we love to do. It's what we love to talk about. All summer long, we got the league previews. That way we can get around every single team. Today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, we're going to talk some Central League football. That is Claremont, Coronado, Crawford, Hoover, and Sarah. Who will win it? We don't know. That's the beauty of the offseason. You get to just talk and come up with hypothesis theories. What we're going to do for you, uh, if this is your first time joining us on one of these league previews, is we go through the teams alphabetically just to make sure you know that we are not coming at this with any sort of bias. And then uh, we just go week by week through the season, give you a little bit of insight and analysis on, on, on my personal research and views on this so let's get it started with the claremont chieftains it's going to be a bounce back season for the chieftains here's what they've got this season in store starting it off at army navy academy on august 23rd then on the road at maranatha christian finally home for a pair versus el cajon valley and san ysidro on the road at southwest san diego at mission bay at coronado that is a league game Home versus Sarah Hoover, both league games, and then on the road at Crawford to close the season out. So once again, Army-Navy, Maranatha Christian, El Cajon Valley, San Ysidro, Southwest San Diego, Mission Bay, Coronado, Sarah Hoover, Crawford. Now, for the Claremont Chieftains, I mentioned earlier that it's going to be a bounce-back season. The, 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 the early factoid that you got to get around to is, is that 0-10 on the season last year. They really have been a program that you look at it the last couple years. And to me, the main thing that just really sticks out is they are hurting for numbers. They are putting 20, 25 type guys on a roster. And that, you can ask anybody in football, any level, freshman, JV, varsity, any coach who has to deal with a team that is that thin, and they will tell you that it is a struggle just, I mean, it's it's a struggle just to keep the offense and or the defense that you want out on the field. Trying to have guys go both ways, getting exhausted, trying to keep guys healthy all season long. And, and that is a real issue. Now, 27 guys currently listed on the roster on max preps for Claremont. That is a slight uptake in numbers. You got to assume that, with the start of school, maybe one or two more will get added. So a little bit healthier numbers-wise, and uh, we'll, we'll run you down what we got on that roster. You know, fair amount of a senior class returning on uh, the the interior positions. Ryan Christensen at quarterback, Brian Guerrero on the uh, the in the backfield and on the defensive linebacking side. Strong up the middle, Giovanni Gutierrez at center. They they've got some they've got some pieces that have had a fair amount of experience. So I look at this and I see, you know, one other game they got is they're going to open up uh, with a, a, a scrimmage at Castle Park. So I see that Castle Park game as 
a perfect scrimmage for them to open up the season with to help gauge where this team is at because with the two weeks that CIF has now instead of the three weeks leading up into all this, things get going really quickly. So you don't always know what you're dealing with as a team. But at Army-Navy, El Cajon Valley, Southwest San Diego, there are some very winnable games this year for Claremont. I think that this could be a, a three and seven, a four and six team that when you look at it, you know, that that's going to be tough considering that Coronado and Sarah are both really coming for it this year in league. But then you step back a second and you look, you know, in the Division Five realm, they could be right in the thick of things for a playoff seed this year. Army-Navy is going to be a really interesting test of that because Army-Navy, another Division Five team to start off the season with. But then things, they get a little bit harder. Mission Bay got that circled because at San Diego Prep Inside, we're kind of split on them. Some of us think that this is going to be a really strong Mission Bay team so this year. So this could be a trap game where that ends up being great for their strength of schedule. El Cajon Valley has had some flashes in the last couple of years. So, you know, there there are some 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 bits and pieces here where we could be looking at a three and seven or a four and six Claremont, but with the strength of schedule component, they end up being pretty set in terms of getting some momentum to get a good playoff seed or at least get a playoff seed. And uh, you can't ask for much more than that for a program like Claremont that is really just trying to find its identity right now. The next team we got is the Coronado Islanders, led by Coach Kurt Hines. Here's what they've got on tap this season, opening it up at Maranatha Christian, then home versus Classical Academy, out at El Cajon Valley, home versus Mar Vista, home versus Mountain Empire, at Sarah, home versus Claremont versus Crawford, then out of league late to go at San Diego, then closing out the season at Hoover. Once again, at Maranatha Christian, home versus Classical Academy, at El Cajon Valley, home versus Mar Vista, home versus Mountain Empire, at Sarah, home versus Claremont, home versus Crawford, at San Diego, at Hoover. Now, Coronado last season, 7-4 and four on the year, 3-1 and one in league. They are definitely on the upward trend. Uh, it, it's gone kind of from a linear to an exponential-looking curve for the talent on this team. They're in Division Four. They're just all sorts of set up this year for a ton of success. If you flash back a year and you look at the stats, pretty even offensive approach, basically averaging the same kind of yards per game on offense uh, in terms of rushing and uh, and receiving or passing. They return almost all of their offense in terms of the primary ball handlers in the backfield. They've got all the pieces. They've got all of the pieces, and they've got the schedule that really benefits them in every way, shape, and form. I think that Classical Academy is a game that you got to look at because Classical as a program is up, but they are without Diego Preciado. So Classical is going to be very high on some people's radars this year. They're probably going to have a great season, but early on, I take something like Coronado over them that has a little bit more of, like I said, the established pieces, the returner pieces. 
Maranatha Christian, that's a great season starter. El Cajon Valley, very winnable. Mar Vista, that game really depends to me on if it's home or away. That one being home becomes winnable. Same with Mountain Empire. That is really dynamic having them there. Then right smack in the middle of that season at Sarah. To me, that's what I have circled right now as not just the biggest test for Coronado this season, but perhaps a little bit more than perhaps. I'm decently confident that that is the de facto league championship game for the Central League. And I know I sound crazy saying that week six, everything is on the line because I'm sure that if we had Coach Hines on the other end of this line, he'd say, you know, we got to take it one week at a time. Every week is our most important. He'd spout some sort of beautiful coach cliche back at me. But I circle that as the biggest test for both Coronado and Sarah. That's going to be a huge battle And that kind of sets up the rest of the season because if you have that first league win, momentum is rolling. But then, like I mentioned, something really interesting going on late in the season, and that's at San Diego. And that's where I absolutely love what this season is for Coronado because San Diego has gone from surprising people to just being back. Coach James has this as an established program, and that's a tune-up. I mean, if you are looking at late in the season, needing to get your guys head on straight, needing to get everybody dialed in, ready for some playoff football, like Coronado should be thinking that late in the season, going at San Diego, playing a road game against a team that has had a ton of playoff success and is returning guys from CIF championship run teams. I mean, That is dynamic. That is a huge test where even if you fall short and you lose that one, that might even make them a little bit hungrier, a little bit scarier. So I look up and down this. I see see eight and two. I see seven and three. I don't want to predict quite yet a league champion because I want to get to all of the teams that we're going to talk about. But, man, returning a lot of starters on both sides of the ball with people that have had a ton of the snaps. This is a very lethal Coronado team this year. Our next one up is Crawford, the Colts, last season, 5-5. Five and five. Got to give a big shout-out to Coach Matt Marquez and all he's going to be doing this season for the Colts. Here's what they got this year. At San Diego, I mean, we're talking about late in the season, tough uh, for Coronado. Wow, that is a big swing to open up the season. Huge props there. Then back home versus Maranatha Christian, home versus Montgomery, home versus San Ysidro, at Castle Park, at Hoover, at Scripps Ranch, at Coronado, home versus Sarah, home versus Claremont. So backloaded league schedule with Hoover, then a break against Scripps, Coronado, Sarah, and Claremont. This one's interesting. Crawford, the last couple of years, has sort of been in the same kind of a same kind of a boat that we were talking about with with Coronado where they have had less than desirable numbers on their roster and have had to work with teams that have had to you know practice without a field without a home stadium up until uh, I believe it was a year and a half ago they've had to deal with a lot of unknowns in a lot of categories that might scare some coaches and or pundits and or players away from being really high on them, but they keep doing 
at the very least treading water, if not making some noise. You look at last year's squad, the 2018 team, five and five, two and two, five and five overall, two and two in league. And to me, that just does nothing other than frustrate my ability to analyze this because it really is a team that a lot of these games are coin toss games. You look kind of up and down though. And one thing that to me stands out versus last year versus last year versus this year is the, uh, the non-league games and, and playing out of section games, playing teams like Francis Parker, they really challenged themselves with strength of schedule and with some teams that, you know, they were, they were big this year. San Diego is a huge test, but then past that they scheduled, I think very, very intelligently. They scheduled a lot of games that, you know, to me are very winnable, especially when you look at something like, Kevin Luong, their quarterback, who was only a sophomore last year, throwing for just over 1,000 yards, 1,001 yards. So congratulations, Kevin, on breaking that mark last year. But as a sophomore, getting all of that snaps, all of that experience to return this year, I mean, that's pretty darn impressive. I'm always going to be high on a team returning offensive core pieces but especially when it was a sophomore last year that demonstrated that kind of skill to come around now as a junior. And he's got a couple of, of, of guys in the backfield who were juniors and sophomores last year who had a fair amount of carries. You know, they graduated, let's see, they graduated Raul Reyes and one, two, three other seniors who carried the ball at least 10 times. So, there's going to need to be a little bit of the changing of the guards in terms of the rushing game, but I like the stability of a return quarterback, and I like the general offensive philosophy that Crawford has going. So I look at this, and I see a above 500 team. I think San Diego is going to be a very tough game. You can flip the coin on that. Scripps Ranch is going to be a really tough game. Coronado and Sarah are going to be tough games, but... Past that, every other game to me, very winnable for Crawford. So I will go out there and I will say six and four is my general ballpark prediction. With all of these, you got to understand it is so early that right now we're more just giving you food for thought than actual take it to heart punditry. But, you know, but we look forward to your commentary. The next team to talk about in the Central League is the Hoover Cardinals, who ride as they are known. Last season, one and nine, one and one and nine overall, one and three in league. Here's what they got this season: home versus Montgomery to open it up. Then at El Cajon Valley, at Francis Parker, at Castle Park, at San Ysidro. Finally, back home versus Crawford. Then at Sarah, at Kearney, at Claremont. Home versus Coronado. Yes, folks, road warriors this year for Hoover. Seven road games. One more time, that is Montgomery, El Cajon Valley, Francis Parker, Castle Park, San Ysidro, Crawford, Sarah, Kearney, Claremont, and Coronado for Hoover. Jimmy Morgans has got a lot of traveling to do, a lot of road games to do, but you know what? Why not? Why not break it up a little bit and challenge yourself even more than what you're used to doing? Hoover... They are kind of like what I saw in Claremont. 
in that they are a Division Five team. They are going to really have their work cut out for them with some of the games that they have to play this season in terms of Coronado and Sarah in league. Francis Parker, we saw them last year storm back to relevance. So they are not, you know, minus Ryan Sanborn, they're going to not be super, superstar, but they're still going to be a very tough team. Freddie Dunkel has got Montgomery going in the right direction. Kearney, late in the season for Hoover, they made a deep run, and you got to think that Will Gray and Verlaine Batoffi there have got that team turned around. So they could be a victim of, of a 2-8 and eight season, a 3-7 and seven season, but at the same time, Hoover is very well positioned with the strength of schedule argument and why, you might ask, do I keep bringing up strength of schedule on some of these teams? The way that San Diego High School football works is that, unfortunately, it is an imperfectly imbalanced type world where you get league play where D2, D4, D5 all have to mix. You get league play where... Some teams are really just scraping for wins. You get non-league games where teams are really looking to go 4-1, and 5-0 and oh against just whoever they can beat. You get teams that are looking to go 1-4 and four against the hardest possible teams who are going to go on to have great seasons. So it, it is not always the easiest thing in the world to pull comps and say that somebody's 1-9 is the same as someone else's 1-9 or someone's... Seven and three is the same as someone else's seven and three. So you look at this and you just have to tip the hat and say, Hoover, it's aggressive and it's 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 hard going on the road two really long stretches in the season and to play some really, really talented teams that have some definite home field advantage in that mix. But you look at that and you say, stay strong. Pick the wins that you can get, battle it out, and two and eight is going to get these guys in the playoffs. Seven or three and seven is going to get these guys in the playoffs. This is uh, this is another team that you just have to you have to tip your hat to them and say, you know what, absolute warriors, ton of respect for what this program is doing. You wish them the best of luck this season. I look forward to being proven entirely wrong. They graduated a lot of their talent last year, so there's. Several unknowns on both sides of the ball. You know what? Five and five, six and four. Go prove us wrong. I'm absolutely looking forward to that. The last team to talk about in the Central League is the Sarah Conquistadors. Last year, league champs, perfect 4-0 in league. They were 9-4 and overall. Here's what they have on the docket this season. Open it up at Scripps Ranch. Home versus Santana. Home versus Del Norte. Home versus San Diego at Fallbrook, home versus Coronado, home versus Hoover, at Claremont, at Crawford, at Patrick Henry. Definitely a different brand of teams being played on Sarah's schedule than uh, what we have talked about on some of the others, uh, some unusual, I shouldn't say unusual, but some, uh, some different picks to talk about. This is an interesting team in general because I believe it was 2017, no, 2016, if I have that correct. Let me bounce back a page here. Oh, well, I was off by a year. 
2015. They were one of the worst teams in the county. 2016, 5 and 7. 2017, 6 and 6. 2018, 9 and 4. Drew Smith has taken them, much like Coach Hines has with Coronado, and absolutely gone from a linear to an exponential growth in terms of the caliber of play the overall quality of this team, and I mean, they're dangerous now. This is this is a team that is no laughing matter. Almost 200 yards rushing per game last year. You look at the the who's coming back. They've got uh, they've got Timmy Zabrowski at quarterback, who was a junior last year, so he is a senior this year. All eyes will be on him. They got a pair of a trio of sophomore running backs, Dustane Ellison. The primary one, who Dustin Ellison, the primary one with 171 carries, but three sophomores that had at least 20 carries last season. So stability on the offensive side of the ball, depth on the offensive side of the ball, and in terms of their defense, this gets me excited. When you got 32 sacks last season, and let's see if I've got this correct... Only six of them graduated. And I say six, only you know two guys that totaled for six sacks. So you got 26 of your 32 sacks returning. That to me equates to get the ball back to the offense. Get the plenty of opportunities that the offense needs to score a ton of points. So let's look at what that means this season though for them. Scripps Ranch. Love that to start the season. That is a really tough game. Santana, when you play Santana at home versus on the road, makes a huge difference. Del Norte last year kind of came a little bit out of nowhere to surprise some people with some major, major upsets, major beatdowns, very impressive performances. San Diego, I already talked a ton about it when they were on uh, the schedules for both Coronado and... Crawford, it's going to be an interesting comp because you will have San Diego spread out across three different teams in this league, but that is another one that is going to be a huge game for them. Then we get to, you know, then we get to uh, Fallbrook as a little bit of a prep for that Coronado game, week six. Go ahead, circle it, underline it a couple times, put an exclamation point, draw an arrow. That's the de facto league championship game. That's just awesome, right in the middle of the season. And, and, you know, we're talking about then they get to close out with a couple league games and a Patrick Henry team that will be opening up their brand new stadium. So that is tons of energy, tons of positive atmosphere to send you out into the playoffs. I don't see this team having any sort of a drop-off. I see Coronado as a coin toss because I won't predict a league winner on this one, it is just too close to call. I see San Diego as a coin toss. Other than that, I see a ton of winnable games. So I'll say eight and two, maybe even nine and one this season for Sarah. This is a very, very big opportunity for this team to continue to grow and and make the the leap. Not that you need to make a leap when you're already making it into the playoffs, but to make some element of the jump from 
let's get into the playoffs. Let's, let's, let's make some runs to being the team that is in the driver's seat saying, hey, look, when this season comes to a close, we should be one of the home teams getting a bye, looking pretty in the Division Four playoffs. And that's how I see it. That's how I see the Central League. One more time for Sarah's schedule at Scripps Ranch, home versus Santana, Del Norte, San Diego, at Fallbrook, home versus Coronado, versus Hoover, and then back on the road at Claremont, at Crawford, at Patrick Henry. Thanks for joining us, folks. That is everybody in the Central League for the CIF 2019 season. Once again, we've got Claremont, Coronado, Crawford, Hoover, Sarah. It's going to be a heck of a race. It's going to be a heck of a season. Thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with me this summer. Go check out our other league previews that we've got on all the other leagues. We're making our way around the entire county. Follow us on SoundCloud, on Apple iTunes, so that you always get these sent to you and you don't even have to remember to check in. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at SD Prep Insider Sports Fans. Thank you very much for joining us. Take it easy. I'm Christian Pedersen talking to you from San Diego Prep Insider Headquarters.